Cyril. What a beauty! Hey community and welcome to a Jumbo Podcast. This is full of talent. This is the Jock Reynolds Supercoach Podcast and I am Lech Dog. But gee whiz, we have a whole gang of Supercoach experts and big brained individuals in chat. The first is always here. His name is Patch. He has a beard and he has some hair on his head. How are you? I'm good, although I'm neither of those things. I'm an idiot. And what was the second thing you said? <laughs> I, I am may not be a, liar, a lesbian. I may be a liar, a cheat, and a communist, but my Homer, not a communist. I'm good, Lake Dog. How are you, my beautiful friend? I'm frantic uh, and I'm fantastic, although long COVID still getting me. Get your oh, jabs, yeah. folks. Get your jabs. Uh, Damo is also here from WA. It's about two in the morning over there, I believe, if my time time translation is correct. Damo, how are you? And thank you for staying up to record. You're actually in front of me. You've got it the wrong way around. Yeah, I know I'm in front of you. You're on in front of me too on my screen. I can see you. Hello. I'm good, Lek. How are you? It's a very silly one, isn't it? It's a bit silly. And last but certainly not least is the other half of the Mailbag pod- Podcast, the beautiful, the pizza-covered, snuggy-wearing Clarky. How are you, you gorgeous man? Well... Uh, if the weekend of football was anything to go by, you can pinpoint the exact moment where my heart breaks. Oh, we're, not, <laughs> we're not talking about actual football on this podcast, Clarky. <laughs> Fair, I'll before, agree with that. Before we do, because we'll get into some footy at some stage, I'm sure, but before we do, this episode was made possible because we're sponsored again by Manscaped. Crotchkiss discomfort hurting your game, fear no more. The kings of crotch comfort manscaped have spent two years designing the most comfortable boxer briefs out there. Sleek, soft, comfortable, flexible. The brand new boxes 2.0 from Manscaped. Take your balls to the royal ball throne. And mid-read, I'm actually going to stand up and show you. I'm wearing them. I'm pulling my pants down for the people at home. I'm wearing them. I'm wearing them. Can confirm. They're very he's, good. He's very comfortable. Them. Beautiful curvature. Beautiful That's form. Not safe for work, but very safe for your balls. The global leaders in below the waist grooming have the lawnmower 4.0 for the trimming, so you can wear the boxes 2.0 for the chilling. They even trademark the jewel pouch, so you know it's serious and it's gold. I think it's time you invest in your family jewels. So let your balls breathe and get 20% off plus free shipping by using our code JOCK. J-O-C-K at manscaped.com. That code also keeps them on as sponsored. You can get the whole performance package there. It comes with the Lawnmower 4.0, which is the best electric trimmer for below-the-waist grooming. It's got lights on it. It's uh, it's advanced skin-safe technology. It's waterproof. You can do it in the shower. You could. They also provide you with a piece of uh, newspaper you can stand over in. Trim yourself on. If so inclined, I would recommend the shower. So get 20% off plus free shipping with our code JOCK, J-O-C-K, at manscaped.com. 
That's 20% off plus free shipping with our code J-O-C-K at manscaped.com. Up your crotch game because once the boxes 2.0 touch your sack, you'll never go back. They put the jock in jocks. Gentlemen, super well, coach time, patch. Black dog. I was going to say it's Father's Day coming up as well. And, uh, well, there you go. Oh, that's there a great call. Father's Day. It is almost you... Father's Day. I'm not a father. I've never thought about it. Hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, I you spent... have... My entire childhood, my dad's birthday is August 19, and I spent the whole time buying him one present for both days saying, oh, they're pretty oh, close yeah. together. <laughs> oh, Lek. Yeah, I know. Good Lord. Good Lord. I know, anyway. Shit bloke. You're an oh, awful person. Maybe I'll get awful him person. some boxes 2.0 this year. Maybe. Maybe. Anyway, uh, as you said, football, fantasy stuff. Um, let's do, look, demo. We go straight into it. There's an, there was an injury on the weekend, a player that a lot of people have, a player you have, he's not worth a lot of money anymore because he's not been great for a little while. What do we do with J- grade, uh, grade, grade Jeshem? Grade Jeshem is his name now. What do we do with him? You yeet him into the sun. Yay! We love yeeting. We love that. So he's injured. He's, what is he injured? What has he done? It sounds like St. Kilda don't even know, because on the injury list, he's just listed as TBC. Oh, that's not good. That's not... So he could still play this weekend, but TBC. Other Mm. players they've had listed as TBC all year are like Jack Hayes and Nick Caulfield and all players who have not played in a long time. Mm, I didn't even know he was injured. That's how out of the loop I've been. And he's in my team. (laughs) Well, there you go, Lake Dog. He's injured. Um, knee knock, apparently. Um, don't know what that means. Uh, if he's if he's out, I guess you've got to trade him because we're at the point of the year where you've probably got to start trading players that are missing a week or two unless you you don't have any trades left. Um, Clarky, have you got any, any forwards you've got your eye on that you might be able to trade a, uh, you know, a 420-odd K uh, Jade Gresham to? Can I can I jump in? He's yeah, actually anyway, he's actually under four hundred k, which makes yeah. it very difficult. Ooh. If you have more than one trade available, and this is going to sound crazy, more I than actually, one trade available and no other injuries, and no other injuries, I feel like the next. I feel like the best trade option is Jai Cully. Wowee. Wowee. Um, I mean, you're not wrong. Talk to me, Damo. Talk to me. Well, he's 102k, dual position mid forward. He scored 90 and then 76, so averaging 83 across two games. But it sounds like West Coast going to play him for the rest of the year, so hey, warm body. Yeah, I mean, yes. Clarky, any objections? Not going to hear any from me. That's, uh, it sounds like the most efficient move. Um, rather than sort of taking a stab at somebody who's around the same price. Because, as you said, he's not worth much, and he's going to be worth even less in your team scoring nothing. Yeah, the guys around his price are like... And even even these guys you need to step up to. Errol Goulden, Luke Jackson, Jordan Degoe. Even Aaron Norton's more expensive now than Jade Gresham, and I certainly wouldn't be picking Aaron Norton. So, I mean... Maybe it is Jai Gully. Oh, God. Oh God. Maybe it's Nick Martin who needs to come back in. I, I was just thinking Nick Martin's about the only other one on that list that I'd be enticed by. Maybe Isaac Smith, but like, ugh, it's not it's not great pickings if you've got no cash. 
Um, although Bailey Scott scored 97 on the weekend um, on a wing for, for North, maybe. Clark My breakout of the year, Zach Bailey is 345k. Yeah, Clarky, your boy, he Tom has not Sparrow. broken out. Yeah, Tom Sparrow has been very serviceable for me all year. Um, but yeah, it's not it's not great. It's not say you do have cash, hypothetically, in a wonderful hypothetical world, you've got like hundred K and you can go up to like a five hundred K player. Who, you know, obviously if you've got enough to get to like a bond or a you know, Libba or whatever, go for it. But like you got the the hundred K, who are you targeting about that five hundred K mark in the forward line? Oh jeez, it's rough. It because a lot of the players you'd look at are already in like fifty percent of teams. Isaac Heaney, Will Brody, Josh Dunkley, you wouldn't bring in if you didn't have him. I mean, if you could get to five fourteen k, is Bailey Smith? Is Bailey Smith an option? He's only in four percent of teams because obviously he missed a bit of time with that suspension. Maybe Let me throw him. a name out. Let me throw a name out. He's only in zero point six percent of teams. Oh damn it, Damo! He's the player I wanted to bring up. Go for Tom it. Tom Papley is 499k and Sydney take on the Giants, North Melbourne and St. Kilda in three of their last four games. He's been getting a lot of center bounces too. Like he's had 25 over the last three weeks or something. Like he's playing that, that Dustin Martin, Jake Stringer role um, where they kind of throw him in the midfield for you know half a quarter or, or a full quarter. And then he goes up forward and kicks snags. Um, yeah, I, I love it. Love it. This is the Tom Papley Carlton fans fell in love with a few years ago when he famously requested a trade but also extended for 17 years. It was a strange time. I tried to ask him about it in an airport once and he thought I was a maniac. But he has hit that form again, pushing up. He's averaging about, I think it's like 18, 19 disposals over the last five weeks, plus a couple of goals a game. He's, he's a reasonable shout as a... It's a bit of a YOLO selection. I, I don't mind it. One iota. Even Errol, this... even Errol Goulden as a cheaper option from the Swans might is not a bad idea either, given their run home. Oh, I agree. I, and I love Errol Goulden. He's the kind of guy that I think will go big over this last few weeks and we'll look at next year as a breakout option. Uh, the only other name I was just going to throw out there, because a bit, a bit of talk about him. A few people on Twitter have been boasting about having this man in the team, but Sam Berry. Mm. 473,000. Look, we need to get Baz on to break this down, but his last three scores, uh, 78, 121, and 140. I, I don't understand it. He seems to be getting a lot of tackles. He's had, over the last five weeks, 13, 13, 7, 17, 14 tackles. Seems like a lot of tackles. It's a lot of tackles. Loves a cuddle. Loves a cuddle. He's kicked two snags on the weekend as well, which I think has bumped his score up. That little bit extra, but yeah, gosh, there he's the future for them, and um, it looks like they've finally accepted that at least one player in that center square must be young and not be Rory Laird, Ben Keys, or who's the other one they've got in there? Dawson. I, I don't know. Baron will. They, they all look the same, but they Sam Berry was quite a prolific ball winner and quite a you know strong tackler in his draft year as well, so. Him playing these games continuously for Adelaide has probably meant he's adjusted to the level and now we're seeing what he was doing in his under-18s. Since the buyers, as a flagged to us in the Inner Sanctum, um, his time on ground has been steadily increasing since the buy. 
uh, as well as his center bounce attendances over since the buy, he's gone up 66 down to 56, but then up to 70, 68, 87, and 91% CBAs, which is a lot. And that does explain the skill coming back into the Crows midfield. There we go. We love it. At that price point, I think you could do a lot worse. Tom Hawkins at the same price point scored 141 on the weekend, 4.6% of teams. Um, potentially uh, you know, more yo-yo bet, but the, uh, the Cats do have a nice little run home with, I keep saying as the page tries to load, the dogs who have been letting <laughs> forwards score as many points as they like. Um, then St Kilda, Gold Coast, West Coast to come. Leg dog. George Hewitt, what the the bloody hell is going on? What is happening? So apparently he had a a bulge in his back last year, which they managed on and off up at Sydney, and they're still managing that. They've said he's a game-by-game assessment. I would suggest that might not be the case if we weren't playing GWS and then Adelaide. I think if we were playing Geelong and then Melbourne, he would probably be in those games. However, you got to take it at face value. At the moment, we don't have a clear time for return. So he's he's probably a trade. And, and I think a popular trade this week is the one that I, I know I'm looking to make and I know you're looking to make as well, Damo, which is Hewitt to Stewart. And uh, it rhymes. So that's just about a lock. But yeah, I think at this point, He's listed as a week, but they've said they're going to assess it week by week. I think you got to move him on. Yeah, look, I can't see... Yeah, I can't really see a world where you can keep a hold of him, especially with Stuart back and Stuart due to go up a million dollars next week, uh, regardless of what he scores, because his last score was 160 and a best on ground after knocking someone out, which we love to see. Um, Clarky, have you, what do you think about, uh, Hewitt to Stewart? Is that the clear move? Is there anyone else in the back line you like the look of? I think it makes the most, most sense thinking of the defensive line because you need to kind of sit yourself back in with a like for like in terms of stability and capability. So not knowing that timeline, we're coming into super coach final season. It's, it's, it's a gutty yeet for Hewitt, and as like Dog said, it covers all of the boxes that we need to tick, which is that it rhymes, and you can afford it. What um, One thing to note is what it does for Paddy Cripps. So in the three games now that Hewitt hasn't played this year, and Cripps has, Cripps has had 30, well, he had 34 disposals on the weekend, and the other two he had 35 disposals in each. His, his role uh, as that extractor, increases when Hewitt's not in there because they have to move guys like Fisher in who can't play that role nearly as well, which is, which is, it's, it's actually good for Carlton and it's good for, uh, it's good for super coaches. So if you have a Paddy Cripps, he's now a hold. And if you don't have a Paddy Cripps, he, I would almost consider him as a, as a potential zag uh, when people have been zigging and trading him out. So what about if you I would be looking at him. What if, Say what that if again. You, what if you zigged? I zigged. Can I unzig? Oh, well, we can never trade players we've already traded out back in. That's just the rule, regardless of what the right and wrong thing is to do. Oh, I so I just have to sit there and watch him. Ugh. Hate doing yes. that. Yes, a bit like me and uh, me and Daniel Rioli. That two times he scored well this year when he wasn't in my team. Yes, yes, slightly fewer than Paddy. Anyway, anyway, there is um, one other Hewitt trade option. 
and those who listen to the mailbag have known that I've been hot on this train for a few weeks now. Uh, defensive available Harry Himmelberg. Ooh, talk to me, Clarky. Talk to 7% us. Seven percent of teams last few scores of as I bring up the stats in front of me: 130, 132, 98, 101, 114. He's moving around the field a bit in the, the new McVeigh multiverse. Um, is that what we settled on, Demo? I believe so, yes. Yes. Um, but they're using him a lot more. His disposals are up massively. He seems to be swinging between defensive and forward work as needed. Uh, I think the last time I watched a Giants game, which may not have been this week, may have been last week, Nick Haynes had suddenly become a forward, and he was not a very good one, but Harry Himmelberg was thriving. Though you, the, the trend is there. The trend has been set. He's gone what, two points below a ton in the last five weeks? He, um, uh, look, I, I watched him closely on the weekend. I couldn't work out how he kept getting the ball other than Carlton just seemed to kick it to him a lot. But that has happened a lot of times this year, so perhaps it's some sort of actual design that GWS are funneling the ball to him, but was very good, takes strong marks, uh, wins free kicks, kicks heavier than he does handball and takes smart kicks in defense, which means generally they're hitting targets. Um, And as you said, he's also going forward and he's kicking goals. And uh, yeah, Kaki, it's a good, it's a good one. Very good call. Nick Vlosten about the same price point, averaging 113 in his last three, 118 in his last five, pumped out of 118 on the, the weekend. And I think he's playing a similar kind of role to like an intercepting um, role where he just gets a lot of the ball and gets it funneled to him, as is very big pod, Tom Barras. Damo, he's a West Australian. Well, he's playing in West Australia. Uh, Is he someone that you would consider in 760-odd teams? He's playing the role that Jeremy Cameron, not Jeremy Cameron, Jeremy McGovern, I should say, um, would, would be playing if he was fit. So he's he's definitely an option for someone who needs that sort of player, but West Coast aren't very reliable in their injury reports or in the way that they play. So who knows if he keeps this role for the rest of the season, even though there's only four games to go. Hopefully he does for those who want to jump on him, but... Um, yeah, he's playing the Jeremy McGovern role, and obviously McGovern's out with that rib injury, so he's not coming back for this year at all. So hopefully people can jump on Barras and he holds on to this role and he works out well. I think Thomas Stewart or Harry Himmelberg is a better option, though. I'll say on Barras that uh, there was some rumours or some speculation that they might try him forward, uh, which would scare me if it wasn't for the fact that they played Rotham forward and it kind of worked to a degree on the weekend and he was pretty good. So I, I think I think the role's probably there for Brass. So I still think there's a lot of risk in that move, but I think from a role perspective, I, it'd be a risk I'd be willing to take if I had minimal other options. Yeah, I think Tom Barras forward is a break glass in case of emergency kind of thing. Josh Rotham actually was playing as that, forward ruck for um, West Coast waffle side um, the last couple of weeks and he's been doing it quite well so they 
unleashed him on the weekend against St Kilda and he did a pretty good job even though he's pretty undersized his I think his athleticism makes up for his lack of um lack of height bit of a Jack Silvani role yes yeah, certainly certainly um also gentlemen our league finals have started or start this weekend which is massive for those uh, aiming at those, you know, obviously not everyone is chasing rank. Some of us are ranked 10,000 and no longer care about such a thing. Um, I want, I want to start with you, Clarky. Have you got any, any particular league uh, tactics, which you would wish to, to share? I'm assuming that's all the injuries. Sorry, before we, we move along, that was all of them from memory. Mason Redmond went down uh, monitor there. He might miss. Um, But beyond that, I think that was all of them. Not super coach relevant, really, but with Nat Fife injuring his hamstring, I'm expecting Andrew Brayshaw's scores to go up. That's very good. We, we really need that to happen. We really need that to happen. Um, also, Will Brody has been discussed as under an injury cloud, but you've got um, Eyes demo, which uh, told us potentially what the injury might be, which a lot of journalists apparently don't have this week. He's fine. Very good. Very good. Um, sorry, Clarky, as I said before, I interrupted myself and went off on a tangent. League league plans, league strategies. Um, what what are you doing? What's your ball game? So I'm in the unfortunate position of being left with no trades. But so I'm kind of a lot of my league strategy is gonna hinge around nailing vice captain and captain options. Which is gonna be obviously number one that we try to do every week, but I think Matching up against your opponent is more paramount than ever, which is why you should be looking at the guys like George Hewitt, the must-trades like Jade Gresham, and making sure that you nail those selections for the betterment of your team in terms of looking at whether you want to level if you've got maybe too many unique players um, compared to your rival and there's maybe too many dice rolls there. You can look at maybe evening that by bringing in say, a top-tier player that they have that maybe you don't, if that's, you know, like maybe a Bontempelli or somebody like that who just has that X factor, you know at least that way you're minimizing the risk and variance in your potential top score to theirs. But it looks it's, it's all about looking at the matchup and sort of picking those trades based on what you need and where those maximum points are going to come from. Do you try and pick a vice-captain that is a unique player to your side? and then try and match a captain down the line? Or do you try and, you know, if you see that, you know, you've got, you know, Brayshaw and he plays on the Friday night and you want to say, oh, right, you've both got Brayshaw, I'm going to VC him because I suspect my opponent's going to VC them. Um, that way we, I don't miss out. Or do you try and use the VC as an advantage? Do you use the captain as an advantage? Like what's what's your plan there? Say, say it's the only point of difference you've got. You don't have the trades left. Um, how do you use that to split yourself from your opponent who you absolutely cannot lose to on pain of death on on the on the surface level i think i do exactly pretty as you suggested there where my vice captaincy is pretty much always the first wild card that makes the most sense when looking at the actual matches themselves um and whatever point of difference i have to go all right well i've got this you know i've got jeremy cameron they don't have jeremy cameron if he scores 180 this week i'm sweet and I think that's, yeah, that's really important. And that's why it's going to be up to in your individual matchups in the league. So 
having your captain set as somebody who's almost surefire, um, the Rory Lairds, the you know, the Jack McRae's, the Bonton Pellies, those those types. I think if they're later in the round, it obviously helps you quite a lot. I think it works early this week that I think in the first game of the round is Melbourne Fremantle, Damo? Correct me if I'm wrong. On yep. Friday night. So yep. you've got, you know, Clayton here, here, Oliver. Here, here in got, Perth. Yeah. You've got Clayton Oliver, you've got Andy Brayshaw, you've got Christian Petrarca all in that first that first sort of game, which is really good to get a leg up on, you know, seeing if those guys pay off and then deciding from there. Damo, what are you what are you thinking league wise? If you you know, you you're like me, you're stuck in the trenches, um, any thought of overall is is gone. How are you how are you salvaging what's left in your league? If you've got Bench cover, I'd use your loops. I would definitely use your loops to your advantage, especially if you've got someone like a Jaden Short or a Jack Crisp that you've retired to your bench. I would use them. I, I would definitely work out a way to put you, to try and get the best score possible on your field by using your loops. Um, like you guys said, like, Plan your captaincy. Use use the captaincy loopholes. If you do have trades, you could look at who your opponent has and trade tactically that way to try and get a leg up that way to try and find a point of difference. Someone who isn't in a lot of teams. Um, but yeah, I think just the key is really just executing your loops, making sure that you've got the best possible score on your field using the tactics available to you. Yeah, but I think part of that, as Tyler spoke about on the podcast last week, um, slipped down to 11th, just down the one spot overall for those playing along at home, um, you know, backing him in, obviously. Um, but yeah, he's, he spoke about the fact that you can you know, use a lot of that um, information to your advantage. You can loop, say, you know, when we come to Friday night, you could loop like a Will Brody in the forward line, loop, you know, Christian Petrarca in the midfield off your bench and then say, you know, I'm likely to use that score, but if they don't score well and you've got trades in hand, you can then, you know, trade someone on the field to to someone different. You can trade in a, you know, a, a Dilmore or someone because, you know, Will Brody scored 60, for example. Um, like you can, you know, use as much of that information as as possible, which is, you know, kind of feeding into what you said, Damo. Like dog, how dirty should you get in finals? Oh, you should be as dirty as you can humanly be. You should leak fake news. You should go into web pages, injury articles, and edit the HTML so it says that an when your opponent's players are injured, you should trash talk them. There's a a chat function in most leagues, you should get in there and abuse the hell out, the hell out of them. Is it worth? It should the, not be a fair fight. No, is it worth the sly text message of you know like Nick Dacos is out um, on a Sunday afternoon just to cause as much panic and confusion as possible? Ideally, if you're going to do that, you should actually get a mutual friend to send the tweet or the message rather than doing it yourself. <laughs> so, what you're going to want to do is is pretend that you're going really hard at an opponent. And, you know, you're locked in and it's war and it's death and then get all your friends to start sending them messages like, yeah, what they cost laid out. Fuck. Oh, I had him on field. I'm, I'm stuffed. That's what you need. Because I was in a final against you on the weekend patch and I almost missed that Aaron Hall was a late inclusion. You could have, you could have like 
well, the person that told me that could have kept it to themselves, not let me know. I In wish, the end, I put him on the field. It was, a, it was a very close game, and it was kind of a bit scary. And uh, well, that but that's that's the sort of that's that's the sort of I had help, but you want to be the opposite. You want to be sending. You want to be disruptive. Go to their house, cut their brakes, take. <laughs> <laughs> Take the fuses out of their fuse box at their house. Make them think their haunt their house is haunted. Do whatever you can. Throw shoes through the window. Yeah. If if whatever it takes. Yeah. Like, and I would just like to say, if you start trash talking in the lead up to try and get in your opponent's head, maybe throw them off their rhythm because I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you good. You're going to absolutely stuff it this week. Make sure that even if it doesn't work out, you double down. <laughs> even if you stop. lose yeah just, i let you have this one you know what i'm gonna come back this is why i'm in the top league mate i mean i did made that top four i get the double chance i just want to give you a chance to make it a little bit further you know really turn on all the power moves and mental games you have in availability i'm a little frustrated so i'm in yeah i'm ranked about six thousands, which is okay you know it's 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 fine it's acceptable and hope to get up into the top sort of 5,000 before the season ends. In all of my leagues except for two, I was 8-0-8 heading into last weekend, and I was, which meant I was about eighth in every single league. I lost every single game and missed out on finals in every, every single league except the two that I had got a few extra wins in. So I'm salty anyway. I'm like, in most of the leagues, I'm in the top three or four for total points. Didn't make finals in any of them, so I'm salty. Maybe that's playing into my tactics, but I certainly, in the leagues I am in, I am certainly going to make those people wish they'd never made the team. I'm going to change my team name to abuse them. That's what I'm going to do. Use all the tools at your disposal, folks. Yeah, You know, the number one rule of Supercoach is if I'm not having fun, neither can you. Exactly. <laughs> Why do you think we made this podcast? If if they're going on a on an overseas trip or even just an interstate trip, slip something in their bag before they go to the airport. <laughs> Do whatever it takes to get their phone away from them. I mean, if if they and then if they beat you, what are they going to do? Celebrate from jail? Like exactly. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, have fun. What's your internet access like in there, champ? <laughs> you won't be doing any loot next road, week. Yeah. Gentlemen, we've tried a dark road here. <laughs> we have, we have, but uh, you know, Matt, you know, finals does uh, does strange things to people. The madness does set in. Should we get to good thing, bad thing, and is that oh, a yeah. nice place to wrap up? Yeah, remember that thing? I forgot about that. Well, I'd actually like to. Um, since we're doing a megapod, would you guys like to do a quick demo and I run through captain options? Uh, for the round ahead, if if you'd like, if not, you can yeah. cut this out and post. No, let's let's. Oh, let's there'll do be that. no editing into this podcast. <laughs> oh goodness me, no! No, we'll we'll do uh, anything we'll do you say. It means it has to happen. It's like it's being written in stone. We'll do captains, so, then we'll do good thing, bad thing, and then do we want to do tips as well? We should do tips. We'll do. We can do tips and captains at the same time. Yeah. We'll uh, start off in the west. Uh, demo uh, another in, you know, another match of the Jock Reynolds Cup is afoot. Uh, where Fremantle are facing Melbourne. Now, I think we, I think I nailed some of the captain options for this one previously. You got Andy Brasher, you got your Olivers, you got your Petrarchas. Anyone I've missed, guys? Well, uh, I'll just say I don't believe in in captaining in the first game. I think it's a curse, and I've never seen a player score well in the first game. At least not one that I've put the VC or the C on. 
If there are some sad, sorry owners of Luke Ryan out there, I wouldn't mind putting the vice captaincy on him. Ooh. Mm, this is a good call. I'd like this. Especially if you are in a league final and you're trying to get that leg up. Uh, Luke Ryan has the chance to pump out a big score as a vice captain option. Could give you a point of difference in your league matchup. The Ds have given away a lot of points to defenders just generally because they, for most of the year, they've just pumped it in and in and in and in. And, you know, inevitably defenders will get onto some of them. So I, I really like that as a call. Potentially, I don't think I'd do it, but if uh, if Nat Fife does indeed miss, um, Will Brody could also be a shout. Um, you know, we saw him put up a lot of pretty big scores once he got going without Fife. So maybe maybe he does it again. I don't know. I I just wanted to be included. <laughs> this will be a, this will be an interesting one. I'd love to go one for one with you, Damo, because I was at that loss to you guys in Melbourne, and it hurt then. So I'd love to get one back on you. <laughs> If I can't have fun, then you can't either. Yeah. I think I'm going to tip Fremantle, but I hate tipping teams to win the second matchup of the year, but I I think I'm going to tip Fremantle. Melbourne, as you said, uh, Patch, bombing it into the forward line without a lot of structure, and I don't like it. Fremantle do the same thing. It's going to be a game that gets one in the middle. And I'm going to be completely honest, I feel like Oliver, Petrarca, Viney, whoever else they roll through there, is uh-huh. currently better than what Fremantle have to offer in, in current form. Um, so it's going to be a case of midfield versus midfield and whoever's defense can stop the flow fast enough. So it's going to be a... It's going to be a very tactical battle from the coach's box, um, I feel, especially considering it's also going to be pouring with rain the entire game. Ooh, Clayton Oliver, come on down. I reckon I history think, um, is... Oh, sorry, Clark. You, sorry, you go. sorry, Patch, you go. No, you go. I insist. <laughs> um, I was just going to say, I think um, maybe a slight warning for Andy Brayshaw owners. I can see them maybe sending Harms as like a run with. Harms is not specifically a tagger, but he they do like to send him to some of the harder matchups to just make life a little difficult, which I think we saw during the last time these two matched up. But Damo just promised Brayshaw would be good. We can't have that. Anyway, I reckon history is going to repeat, and not history from earlier in the year, history from last week. I'm tipping a draw. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, All right move, next move game. Move into Saturday. Uh, 1.45, a great time on Saturday afternoon. We've got Collingwood facing Port Adelaide at the MCG. Patch, you got any feelings about this one? Uh, Nick Dacos, and that's it. That's the only player that might score well in this game that I think many people will have. Um, and I think there are better VC options as much as he's very good at football. I'd love to see Collingwood lose another close, lose a close game for once. Oh, tipping so would Port, I. Tipping Port Adelaide. Yeah, uh, I don't think Port Adelaide are very good. How, Connor Rosie, is he going to win the game off his own bat? By the way, I think he's a, a real smoky VC option. Has no history of scoring well against Collingwood, but he's just in good form at the moment. Uh, oh, I don't want to tip Collingwood. I hate him. I hate him so much. I'm tipping Port Adelaide. Yeah, I can't tip Port, but hate Collingwood too much, and it'll be a draw. But guys, Port Adelaide's like South Australia's Collingwood. <laughs> 
I am Let them wear the prison support. bars this week. I'm so supportive of them getting to wear the prison bars. If teams in leagues wear similar uniforms all the time, it's madness. Anyway, put it Pat, on. Patch, don't don't think I see what you're doing. Hello. <laughs> don't think I don't think I see what you're doing. Hello, um, I'm with like I I don't like tipping Collingwood's, but I also don't like David Kosh. Um, yeah, we're going to probably go with Port in that one then. Move on to our next game, uh, which is Sydney and GWS, the Battle of the Bridge uh, at the SCG. Now, I think this probably is going to be my VC option in the Harry Himmelberg. Uh, Damo, any other options for me? Callum Mills and Isaac Haney. Tom Papley. Braden Pruce. If you've still got him for some ungodly reason, he. I, I, this is stupid to say. If it wasn't for his dumb clangers and his dumb free kicks on the weekend, he would have scored 150 plus. I think he was on about 10 points at quarter time or early in the second, and he had six hitouts to advantage, which should be 30, and he was on about, yeah, six or seven points. So yeah. if you can clean that part up, uh, he's always a danger to go big. Also, yeah. History would say he might not even play this week. So. I mean, look, yeah, there's every chance he's dropped or gets a niggle or somehow gets suspended despite the tribunal having not laid any charges. I don't know, Matt. Like, I don't know. Riley O'Brien had 51 hitouts uh, against uh, Hickey and Reed last week. Bruce might do the same. I don't know. Again, I just want to be included. You said all the good names before I could say anything. I think we're expecting Josh Kelly back this week from concussion. We're hoping uh, for Josh Kelly back, yep. Yes. Yes, those of us who who have him, I'm I'm pretty sure Sydney are going to win this though. So I don't think that's much in doubt. Yep, Sydney. Yep, the draw. I will tip GWS. I think I think a bounce back game that'll give them false hope before they lose the remaining games of the season. You think that's going to be this one? I think so. I think so. I believe. Uh, moving on, we got St. Kilda and Hawthorne at 4.35. Patch, what was your tip on that last game, uh, by the way? It was, it was a draw, I think. I thought it might I stopped be. asking. Yeah. I stopped asking. I knew. I know what he's doing. We've experienced this before. It was very funny before, and it'll be very funny again. Anyway, continue. <laughs> y- yes, and, sir. Uh, St. Kilda <laughs> and Hawthorne at Marvel on Saturday afternoon. <laughs> Um, Dylan Black. Moore as a VC option. Dylan Moore. Just vibes. Just if you bought him in, my vibes are that he, he's been scoring well the last couple of weeks. He likes running around and Sakilda don't particularly like clamping down too hard on players. I, I, I don't know. I just get the vibe. The correct answer is, of course, Jack Steele. Averages 106 against Hawthorne and 105 at Marvel Stadium. What about, James right, Sicily? what about Is, James Sicily? What about James Sicily? Yeah, I guess a St. Kilda... Which St. Kilda is going to show up? If it's the St. Kilda that can actually get the ball past the halfway mark, then it's not a bad shout demo because uh, I would argue that their delivery inside forward 50 is outside of hitting up Kingy on a boundary is not super fantastic. I feel like on paper, St. Kilda should win this. 
but their track record scares me about tipping. I will tip St. Kilda. Damo? I'm tipping Hawthorne. And I I dread to uh, Patch? I think Kilda have been trash all year. I cannot see them winning. Hawthorne are rebuilding. Can't see them winning. I think it'll be a draw, Clarky. Back to you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so at 7.25, we have uh, the Geelong Cats and the Western Bulldogs. Now, uh, this is... This is going to be a spicy one, I think. Bulldogs. So spicy meatball. Bulldogs running off the high of beating Melbourne last week. Oh, that hurt. <laughs> I, um, I have my VC set for this game. I want you to guess who it is. You've each got one guess each. Patrick Dangerfield. No. By the way, he's going to miss time injured. How? F- what a strange world we live in where we don't mention a Patrick Dangerfield injury anymore. He came back? <laughs> he scored about. He scored twenty four points this week. His lowest score uh, ever. Since he came back, ninety six, one hundred and fourteen, seventy one, twenty four points. Yeah, not been not been great from from dearest Patrick, um, and now he's injured and will miss a bunch of time. Clarky, who do you reckon I got the VC? Miss on? him dearly. Um, I think it's going to be Tyson Stengel. <laughs> oh God, I love you, uh, but no, Damo, who have I got the VC on? Tom Stewart? No, although that's a good shout. Um, I was expecting a barrage of Jack McRae or, or Bontempelli or Tom Libertore or Tim English or any of the billions of Bulldogs that score well, but it's none Josh of them Dunkley? either. Is it no, Josh Dunkley? Not even Josh Dunkley. It is Tom Hawkins, who after 141 last week, uh, he's been tearing up uh, back lines. The dog's back line is not good, bless him. Um, uh, containing key forwards, um, I think he gets off the chain on a big stage at home. Assuming See, it's not raining and uh, and goes big. After the, the last time these two teams played, I think it'll either go one of two ways. The one way is Geelong's forward line have their way with the Bulldogs' defence again and kick a million goals out of a million different places and they don't really have to try or the dogs will bring in every key defender on the, on their list, including Caleb, Daniel. Josh Shackey, and they will just crowd the, the back line with tall defenders and the game will score about 30 points the entire time. For a team that, uh, <clears throat> Doesn't have many good key defenders. They really should have kept Lewis Young on their list. Or Joel Hamling. Thank you. Hmm, potentially, but anyway. Anyway, that's Don't worry, uh, guys. I believe in Ed Richards, even if you don't. Is this game at GMHBA? <laughs> it is. Uh, it is. Yes. So I think yeah, Geelong. I'll tip Geelong. <laughs> I'm tipping Geelong. Actually, no, I'm tipping the Bulldogs. Because I don't want them to have to want to win the week after, because I want to see the Dockers win in round twenty-one. Uh, you don't want the you don't want the pain of the the redemption game. Yeah. Now, Patch, hello. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you, who do you think is gonna win this one? Oh, look, I think I think the Cats are gonna win. I kind of want the Dogs to win, so I'm gonna split the middle and call it a draw. <laughs> oh, you bastard! <laughs> 
7.30 at Adelaide Oval. We got the Adelaide Crows playing the Blues. Leck? uh, Rory Laird. Yeah, excellent. Rory Laird, good. Rory Laird, average 127. Rory Laird in everyone's starting team if doesn't break hand. Rory Laird, goat. I agree. Um, Hey, Leck, are you worried about this game? Nah. No? Nah, Blues too good. Okay. Blues I'm, too I'm, I'm tipping Carlton, but to be honest, it's one of those games where if I saw the result flipped, I probably wouldn't be surprised. Oh, look, 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 look. Carlton basically know they have to win two of the remaining. How many games have we got left? Three, four, four. whatever four, it is. This one. In our heads, we will have chalked this one up as a win. And uh, we'll probably go there. Start off real shit. Tex Walker will kick three goals in the first, but I'm pretty confident they'll come back after getting yelled at by Vossi and win the game. I don't know how Carlton supporters are both my favourite and least favourite supporters from everything I just heard then. I love you. (laughs) Paddy Cripps also a good option without George Hewitt in the side. Should go, you know, 120 plus, but of anyone in this game, it's, it's Rory Laird time. Yeah, I don't think don't think there's really anyone else now. Uh, like you're obviously tipping the Blues, Damo. How are you feeling? Uh, blues. Yeah, I think I'm also going to be tipping the Blues, uh, and I'll head out to my man on my left, uh, uh, Patch. What's Hello. your feeling? What's your vibe on this game? For a second there, oh, I thought you were going to say head out to your man on the fence, and that would. Yeah, been... I thought you were going to say that too. <laughs> man on the boundary. Man on the I boundary. Uh, yeah, it's quite cold down here on the fence. Uh, but no, I, I think the Blues are going to win, but Leck has suddenly become supremely confident, which is a surefire way to, to ensure they're going to lose. But I, I don't... The draw. draw. I'm going to pick the draw. I, uh, I don't think Adelaide can win this in any way, shape or form, but Leck is too confident, which means the Blues can't win. Um, so I don't... That's what I'm left with. I'm here to pick up the pieces, pieces of this yeah. that I've been sitting on for too long. Yeah, excellent. You know, you're doing a really good job. So the next match in the draw this round is <laughs> Suns what? versus West Coast at Metricon Stadium. Metricon Stadium? Yeah, Metricon Stadium. Took Miller. Took Miller. Uh, Even then, prob- prob's not. Jared Witts. Oh, this oh, this son of a... No. No, I'm mad He doesn't deserve Wits. it, Damo. Like, the matchup's there... West Coast don't have any rucks that are any good. He'll score. He'll get a million hit outs. I cannot do it. That man has put I love, me through too much. I just much. love how he's averaged like 62 since I've traded him into my side. Yep. It was you. Mm. It was everyone. It was everyone because <laughs> everyone got it. hurt. Uh, Matt Rowell, his scores against West Coast, 171, 6, 157. Mm. That's 6. He was injured two minutes into the game. Mm, yes, he certainly is an average inside midfielder. Um, but he's an option, an option that, that I quite like. Took Miller doesn't have a great history against West Coast, given it's a different West Coast these days, but they normally liked to go with him. I scored 137 in round one against him, but prior to that it was 80 and 98. Mm. Um, obviously, though, he's he's a man in very good form. Yeah, the recent form is what's doing it for me. 153, 135, 110, 157 uh, in his last four. You take three of those four as captaincy options in a heartbeat, and three of those four games are in Queensland, those three that he scored well in. 
So, yep, that's that's enough for me. Is this in Queensland? I will take. I will be selecting mm-hmm. the Gold yep. Coast Suns. I know it's a one ten game, but that that evening dew will just start to settle in towards the end of the game, and you know teams struggle up there in the humidity. Thanks, Jane Bun. David. Yeah, I'm tipping the Suns. And Patch. Well, I would tip the Suns, but it's at night. Um, it's, so... it's not at night. It's not at night. Oh, no, it's during the day. The oh, the gag's ruined. Oh. <laughs> oh, damn it. Do you want me to give you... I'll, I'll vamp while you come with the new gag. Because I just want... When Melbourne played Port Adelaide, I swear, if BT said one more thing about not being able to bounce in that grass at TIO, I was probably going to throw something through my computer. <laughs> I can't um, think of a phrase. I don't, I don't think good. we should be listening to BT at the best of times. I couldn't find my remote. I uh, I can't think of a funny reason, but I'm just going to call it a draw uh, because it would yep. be a funny outcome for everyone involved. Yep. I want the Suns to win, uh, but West Coast have been showing signs of improvement, but I'll probably still tip the Suns because Mabiochol is good vibes. Richmond S- versus Brisbane at the MCG 320 on a Sunday, Arvo. Patch, take me through this one. Hello. Uh, yeah, I have very little interest in this game. Um, I don't know why. <laughs> um, just Richmond games, just like Richmond have never been an overly good scoring fantasy team that are good at the scorings and all of the teams that play against them don't tend to score incredibly well either. Um, and I'm just really ambivalent about Richmond just generally. Lockie Neal, obviously, is the one that everyone will have in this game. He'll be the one that scores 120. He's a pretty safe captaincy option if your VC falls through. Uh, have Yeah, have fun. Yeah, well done, everyone. Pack her up. It'll be a draw, by the way. <laughs> Moving right along. Yeah, Brisbane should win this one. An interesting player in this team, and with some swing sets, probably a reasonable Gresham replacement is Dane Zorko, who came back from injury, scored 103 points, had the 20 disposals, six marks and two tackles, went forward but could not uh, convert. Just a nice little option. He costs essentially the same amount. Actually, you'll make 30K by going Gresham to Dane Zorko, who is 361K. Uh, Just floating that out there, Brisbane will win this game unconvincingly. You will lose the trade, though, when Dane Zorko falls apart. Well, that's... I mean, that's the downside, isn't it? But if we're talking players that are affordable... I think think you're correct, yes. Damo? Uh, Yeah, the Lions should win this. And we'll finish strong. uh, Essendon playing North Melbourne at Marvel Stadium uh, at 4.40 on the Sunday afternoon because overlapping games. If a game takes place and Essendon doesn't win, did the game ever take place at all? No. no. Who knows? My Who, God. Who knows? I don't think there's really any captains. Well, Zach Merritt's Essendon... in this game. Thank you very much, Clarky. Patch, as an Essendon fan, yes. does this game scare you? Oh, it scares the pants off me. Good God. I hate thinking about this game. I still have vivid nightmares of Drew Petrie doing the the tank thing, walking off <laughs> after that elimination final. Oh, I hate North Melbourne so much. 
Oh, yeah, no, it scares me immensely. Um, Zach Merritt is a very good shout as a captaincy option. Uh, he could waltz through the middle and do whatever the heck he wants, uh, really. So, you know, he would be my shout from this game. If you've got a Luke Davies Uniac as well, uh, YOLO, I guess. We're not 100%. So a couple of players have COVID at North Melbourne. They're supposed to be out of isolation on the Sunday. They'll have to pass fitness tests. Uh, so that may play into this somewhat. But let's assume that it's fully fit teams running out. Uh, this What's the funniest outcome? That's how you have to tip Essendon games. The funniest outcome in this instance is a draw. Is a draw. I will be tipping a draw. Siren sounds. It's Peter Wright with the ball in his hand, 60 metres out from goal. He has to do a torp, and it goes out, out on the full draw. <laughs> Marcus Giambrosio sitting in the Essendon players in the stands, watching on as he was not selected again for the medical sub. He has Instagram open to North Melbourne's social media page, waiting for the announcement of a draw so that he can like the post. I think that this game... North Melbourne will have a million out with COVID. They'll be playing their reserve side. Essendon will waltz in full strength, kick 12 goals in the opening quarter, and then the reverse comeback will happen and North Melbourne will win by 10 goals with Drew Petrie kicking 12 in the last quarter off his own boot and Essendon gets disqualified from the competition for being just the worst team to ever do it. North Melbourne by 120 points. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. Well, we've done it. There we go. Good thing, bad thing, and then we wrap up the pod because it is very long. And apologies to anybody who's a megapod. It is a megapod. It's the ultra pod. Lake Dog, what was your good thing from the weekend before we wrap up? Uh, In a weekend that wasn't full of many good things, I'll say my good thing is uh, two two things Roy Laird and Took Miller, who I traded in for Clayton Oliver and Daniel Rich two weeks ago when they were injured. So, so far, so good on that front. Very good. Well done. Uh, Demo. Hayden Young, 139. I thought of you when I saw his score, Demo. Mm. Yeah. Are we thinking uh, next year we're on him? Yes. Yes. That's what we like to hear. That's what we want to hear. Um. Clarky. Hashtag young gun. Ooh, he's got the he's got a hashtag. The finger thing means the hashtag. Clarky. The finger thing and the audio media. Uh yeah, my good thing was Rory Led once again, continuing to be the most solid captain option I have had all year, and I'm so glad that I brought him in. Um specifically about football though. Uh, I was happy to see Sam Wiedemann actually play a decent game as a forward and give me some hope that we signed him on for a good reason. Well done. Well done, Sam. Uh, my good thing was Tim English returning to form after a couple of weeks of being bad and a couple of weeks of being injured. Uh, he scored 122 on the weekend. He took some good marks. He did some good jumps. He had kind of a fun time. Um, I had a fun time watching him score 122 points. Uh, while I watched the stats without actually watching the game. Well done, Tim. Uh, good stuff. Bad things. Lake dog. There's a lot of bad things. Mm. 
There's a lot of bad things. Which one was the worst? Uh, uh, this is rough because he was my good thing a couple of weeks ago. But Patrick Parnell, you son of a bitch. You were my good thing. I think it was round. It might have been round 14, actually. So quite a while ago, you scored 70. But you scored 26, mate. And it just ain't cutting the mustard. Nine disposals, two tackles, and a mark. Gonna need more from you when a George Hewitt injury happens. Patty. Patty Parnell. So Patty Parnell is my bad thing of the week. Who cuts mustard, just as a quick aside? Is that a thing that people actually do? Cut the is, mustard. Is that a good thing? Should mustard like be cut? The mustard. I guess, like like physical, like mustard seeds. But it's like sounds like it's. Is butter. mustard a plant? Well, I'm thinking of it like I don't know. Like you get it in yes. a jar, you can't really cut it because it's more liquidy. Unless it's like you have a a stick of mustard, like a stick of butter. It is a plant. Mustard gas. Mm. Nope. No, maybe not that. Anyway, anyway, <laughs> maybe not. just where my brain goes. Uh, Damo, did you have a bad thing that wasn't stupid tangents on the Jock Reynolds podcast? I had so many bad things. It's Go on, talk uh, to me, my child. The worst one, though, was putting the captaincy on Jack McRae. Mm, that doesn't sound good. Woof. I was there with you, Damo. I was I was actually quite happy to see a 95 in the end, considering he was on like 16 points at halftime. It was a miracle. That 95 was a miracle. I was I wasn't having a lot of fun. I don't even remember who my VC was, but oh, I my VC Todd Goldstein instead of Rory Laird to be a bit of a pod. Kill me, like dog, like kill dog. me, uh, Clarky. What was your uh, thing? Uh, Riley Garcia and Jamal Ugalhagen. Uh, yep, they kept those last two goals. Uh, made me cry. But in Supercoach world, uh, realizing it's look, it's a good thing, but it's also like a good, like a sorry, it's a bad thing with a silver lining, uh, which is owning Jared Witts and Toby Nankervis as my two rucks uh, oh, because that... of all the injury oh, and seeing that they're scoring absolutely nothing, which means next year I'm just not going to spend as much on rucks and buy better players elsewhere. Assuming we have options to choose from. Well, I was about to say, that's a very uh, very conditional silver lining. Uh, but anyway, that's that's next year's problem. That is it's 2023's problem. Exactly. Uh, my bad. We touched on it uh, being Josh Dunkley, so I don't really want to touch on it again. Uh, just Jamie Elliott's shoe. Um, Essendon's inability to set up during a a kick out, uh, Scott Pendlebury slicing through a slight Swiss cheese, um, all of those things. Now, uh, but Danny Rioli being average, Andy Brayshaw being average, that draw on Friday night just being not good, not kind, not friendly, and me nearly forgetting to loop Will Brody and put the donut on the field to get the 95. So that's that was my bad thing. Uh, bad things, plural. Go, you bad thing. Go, you bad thing. Uh, remember down, code jock at manscaped.com. Uh, we're done, I think. Is that the end of the podcast? We're done. It is. It We've is. got some cool stuff coming up, though. Uh, yeah, big things coming up in the next week or two, Damo, don't we? Yep. Uh, the live mailbag finale next Wednesday. Uh, get your questions in to the email. 
what you want answered during the live broadcast. Uh, Jockmailbag at gmail.com for that. Yep. Uh, as Adza. well as... Oh, I was about to say that, but you take it away, Patch, yeah, you Azza son of a gun. watching a, uh, a fun new thing. It's called The Dub, and he's doing a, a website for AFLW News and pods and statistics because he's very smart at numbers and statistics. Um, check it out. Uh, it's The Dub, uh, D-U-B, so T-H-E-D-U-B dot com dot A-U. It's on Twitter uh, at, at The Dub AFLW. Um, very exciting. I'm super keen to see what that genius brain can come up with there. So uh, so go have a gander. Other than that, uh, good luck in your finals community. Make sure you lie, cheat. Um, Steal, know, guilt, stab, stab, do whatever you have to. If, you know, it's not breaking the law if it's for a Supercoach finals win. Um, nope. And on that yeah. note, <laughs> go you good thing. And this was the Chaos Hour at, from Jock Reynolds. <laughs>